Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, Merv here. Uh, without stops, thought we would, uh, or I would personally just drop one more podcast before a little bit of a hiatus for me for a couple of weeks uh, due to maybe Murphy hopefully making it into the world safely. So... I uh, thought I'd drop this and brought along a very special guest with me. Um, so I've got with me Lewis Glover. He's the writer for Dynasty Football Factory. Uh, he's a director of fantasy football at the Bolt Studio and creator of the FF Down Under Bowl. Lewis, how's it going? Welcome to Five Year Rush. Hey, Murph. I'm doing great. Thanks. Really appreciate you you having me on. And uh, considering what we were talking about just before we started recording and some of the guests I've seen lined up on your show, very special is probably a little bit bit of a stretch but but nonetheless I'm, I'm i'm really glad to be on here and i'm glad we could work out this time oh mate it, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on you uh you know you listen to your show and um for those of you trying to work out where the accent from will get to in just a second because you might hear a twang that's not just australian in there i can <laughs> certainly hear it and um yeah it's just good to get to speak to people around the world your show's great and uh yeah you've just uh wish you know pulling the curtain back a little bit, recorded this a little bit early in advance. You've just come off the podathon, thought the uh, listen through about what the podathon is and, uh, and what you were talking about. Yeah, so everyone knows about Scott Fishbowl 
by now at the time of listening. I know you guys had had Ryan McDowell on a little little short while ago, and he explained what was going on there. And the Podathon was put together by the guys who do the Fantasy Funhouse podcast. And leading up to the start of Scott Fishbowl, they do a live twenty four hour this year twenty five hour nonstop podcast streamed on YouTube with a variety of guests and and people from from all over the fantasy football industry, ranging from the the, the smaller fish, which was myself, and, and and they're wrapping it up with an extravaganza with 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 Matthew Berry. So the uh, the pretty wide range of guests on there, and they don't come much bigger than than TMR. So really cool initiative, and they raise a bunch of money and get sponsorships and and get and give prizes away for people who donate, and and every dollar goes towards Fancy Cares. Amazing. So what were you uh, what were you talking about on there, and uh, you know what, what was it that you were covering off your your half hour segment? Well, to be honest, it was just a, a bit of a random chat about fantasy football because it was 5 a.m. there. Those guys had been talking for 17 hours. So literally at that point, the guests are coming on just to, to break stuff up. There was nothing specific. We had a bit of a chat about where I'm drafting from in Scott Fishbowl, which is the, the 106 spot. Had a little chat about strategy there. And then, um, yeah, I, to, to, to fill the time at the end, I told the story of how I, I got into to fantasy football, which I'll, I'll save for another time. But the, uh, the highlight reel is uh, doing, doing a, a drunk draft with a quote-unquote reformed member of the KKK in a hostel in Chicago. So that it was a pretty wild experience. And looking back, it was a, a bizarre way to get into fantasy football. Um, maybe I can come back and we've got some more time. I can... Uh, I can come come back on and, and tell the whole story or yeah i don't know maybe i'll tell i'll tell it another time or you can go and check out the potathon for the, for the whole <laughs> i always feel like i need more now because i don't know this story come on give us give us give the listeners a little bit and then yeah we'll we'll definitely yeah. point. But right. give us the highlights <laughs> yeah okay so i in 2012 i went to go on exchange to fsu which is why i'm a, a florida state fan uh, i spent some time in florida and anyone who's been a, a being on an exchange visa knows that you get 30 days to travel around the States before, get to experience the wonderful culture there. So I'm in Chicago after a few days and I'm staying in a hostel. And everyone knows you've got random folks in your room. And this guy sharing the room with me this old time, I was covered in tats and exotic jewelry, ponytail, gray hair, looking, re- looking like uh, Francis Rossi straight out of Quo. He, uh, <laughs> He, he starts talking to him and we, we strike up some conversation and I'm eager to play fantasy football. I've never played before. I know all about it. And he's like, man, you just got to jump online and do a draft. I'll help you. He gives me the worst fantasy football advice ever, but we're drinking some beers. He has to go buy them because I'm not 21 yet. And we're having a, a great old time. We go and sit down by the, the Lake Michigan and we're, we're drinking. And the, the more drunk he gets, the, the more he reveals about his past that he, 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 I already knew he'd been inside, but he was a reformed character, allegedly. And then he uh, points out some of the tattoos on his arms and that, that, that uh, were, yeah, were less than savory. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to, to get out there nicely without upsetting this man who's going to be sleeping eight feet away from me. Finally, finally, you know, convince him to go back because I'm suffering from jet lag. And he breaks a, a glass bottle, an empty bottle that we've been drinking and carves his hand open. So I'm now wandering the streets of Chicago with this man who's bleeding profusely, drunk out of his mind and refuses to seek medical attention and you know we go to bed and it's like he, he's obviously he's on one side of the room and I'm, I'm on the other and I'm thinking I'm gonna get murdered in my sleep by this psycho and we wake up and he's completely fine he's back to his old old jovial self that he was the day before and what made me seem like he was a 
a, a quote unquote trustworthy fella. And yeah, that's how I got into fancy football. And Man, that's he's, awesome. a, <laughs> he's a, he was a mental case. Do you know, my, my biggest problem with the story is not that bloke, but the fact that you went to Florida State, I went to UF. Did you go to UF? Oh, wow. This is a re- <laughs> reveal on the podcast. Hang on a second. Oh, uh, no, I saw it. And I was like, I'm going to do I can see it on the camera. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. It, the, the solace I have is your team really stinks now. It's like really bad. You broke your Look, it's not good, but let's, uh, you know, UF ain't great either. So I might have a, a, a relatively contested game this season. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. It's always, uh, it's always the last game of the, the regular season in college. Um, so FSU uh, broke their bowl streak last year. So I think it's 43 consecutive years that they made a bowl oh, game. So to be, right. you, to be in a bowl game, you have to, for those of you listening who don't know, you have to have a winning record at the end of the season. So any team with a winning record gets put into a bowl. Um, so you have basically the college football playoffs, which is the top four teams in the country, but actually there's a whole series of bowls that, that go on. So there's a whole, uh, whole load of teams that play anything from just before New Year all the way up until the college playoffs, and then you get the, the big game at the end. So um, it just helps to seed out sort of the final rankings. So it's not just the top 25, but it, I think it's like close to 50 teams play so it's got to be about 30 odd bowls I think that play oh there's it's like over 50 now yeah. there's like some ones that are just every year yeah I mean they, they, they keep growing they're, they're just money makers they're for companies to put their name to and for some of the teams it's just an opportunity to go somewhere fun and get on get on the drink yeah absolutely so uh, they do them in Hawaii they do them all over the US so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if starting international bowl games for just more money spinning so uh, yeah so uh, Florida State didn't make one last year. It was the longest uh, streak in college history and the longest streak going for... Uh, I don't think they'll ever get beaten again. It was quite a phenomenal record and they're in a bit of a transition. Meanwhile, Florida, you know, won their bowl game and finished in the top 10. So, you know, just those levels. Those levels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's a chasm at the moment, but we'll leave it there. Um, so talk about, you know, your... People can hear the Aussie accent and, uh, you know, with the FF down under if they hadn't got the clue from that. But you're not originally from Australia, are you? No, I was born in Southport. Um, I lived, I was living in the UK till I was 10. Um, my family decided to uh, to move to Australia. My mum was, was born in Australia, so me and my brother were citizens by, by birth. So it was nice and easy for us to move over and... Yeah, in 2001, we packed up our bags, sold the house and, and moved out. That's so wild. I mean, I went through a similar experience moving to Florida, but that's just how Australia is like, I've never been, I've always wanted to go, it's on the wish list. So what was it like growing up and uh, adapting into uh, that, that culture of, uh, of being you know, in Australia? It was great. I had a really good childhood growing up. I had a, you know, it's kind of exactly what people think, right? You're outside all the time. It's always sunny. You go to the beach when you can. Uh, loads of sports involvement. Typically what people think about when you, you, you move to Australia, minus the riding kangaroos. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was great though, but I, you know, I, my, my sporting loyalties and allegiances, allegiances have always remained remain true to England. So that's always good fun. And that made, that made uh, my childhood and schooling experiences here often often tough but in the times when england came through it was always it was always nice yeah and there's gonna be a big uh big game in the cricket world cup semi-final and uh was it 
well, it's going to be this week. He's already gone out. The results already happened. We know whether England have won the World Cup or not. So I keep forgetting we're doing this like a, a little bit in advance. But the, the semi-final is, is this week. Um, so that's a big game that you can, uh, hopefully we can give you some more bragging rights to go over your guys over there and uh, make you walk tall a little bit longer. Yeah, it was tough just when they lost in the in the group stages. So the semi final, we can't we can't have them uh, have them winning. No, nah, absolutely not. We'll get the revenge. I feel confident about it. So who's your? Uh, we, we talked about your college team, and we'll brush over that because you know probably need to make another decision on that. But in terms of your uh, NFL team, who is your NFL team you support, and, and why do you follow them? I'm a Patriots fan, um, and I. Became a Patriots fan for the one reason that I picked them on Madden. It was the first Madden game I got. They were a good team. They were called New England. I was like, oh, that'll do me. And just by playing with them through franchise modes, I built an association with the players um, and, and the team. And when they started to show highlights and games on TV, I, not, I just gravitated towards them. And typically, whenever you're a Patriots fan who's, who's not from Boston, you're a fan within the last sort of 10 years or so, obvious calls of bandwagon fan come out and all and all that and i i picked them solely off madden i didn't even know they'd won super bowls when when i picked them or started following them it was only it was only when i started watching them the year before the the uh helmet catch super bowl that i actually knew that they'd been in super bowls and stuff like that so that was cool to, to learn the history of the team i was like oh wow okay they've they, they you know they've won some super bowls they were they weren't a good team for a while. Oh, okay. It's interesting. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a Patriots fan and I, I, I will be for, you know, forever. I, re- I really love the team. It's my, my dream to get over to Foxborough, ideally before Tom Brady retires, but we'll, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I, so Patriots fan. Amazing. Well, you know, Peter good reason. That's how Stocks picked his team as a Denver Broncos fan. He uh, did the same thing, picked up Madden, and it was the, you know, same franchise mode. Uh, I think he picked up half time. You had to pick a team that was up or a team that was losing. It was like a demo, I think it was. And so yeah. he picked the Broncos and yeah, he just, he stuck with them. So, uh, he's gone through them. Um, I, I just always find the way that people pick teams because obviously we're not from there. Uh, my, my experience is a little bit different. In fact, that I've, I lived in Orlando and I was there. So I immersed myself and just picked the local team and they happened to be good. <laughs> so at the time, they're terrible now, but they were good <laughs> at the time I was there. So we, we swallow that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because if you've never been there, I always find it fascinating how people pick their teams because it is, and it's amazing that most people actually say Madden. So most people say they pick up Madden, they pick a team, yep. and they just grow up through there. And I think that's just a, a great way of picking it. And that, that's what I mean. You start to get to know the players and the culture. I think that's just, it's just an awesome way of picking a team. And we always say to people, you know, pick, pick a team that's just going to bring you some enjoyment. The way that the NFL game always changes and seasons change from season to season, what could be good now is, you know, like when I started supporting the Bucks, they were pretty good and now they're not. So, you know, you get your, you get, as long as you stay true and loyal to them, and I don't think it matters because the, the Patriots in the next two years are going to have some form of drop off. Um, it, it's going to be inevitable. And then, you know, they could be in the wilderness. And if you stay loyal to them, that's what matters. But we yeah. say if it's just playing fantasy football and you pick a, a team that your favorite player plays on or, or whatever, just do you, man. Be happy with it. Um, so you do, uh, you, you have a, a podcast, um, and 
you know, if you're sort of people listening to this, I'd like to ask this question to, to a lot of people in terms of what made you get into doing uh, podcasts and uh, what sort of advice would you give to anybody at home that's listening to this thinking, well, if these two people can just sit around and just chat rubbish, how can, how can I get involved and start a podcast or, or write something or, or about anything they want to do? Yeah. So I, I got into to writing and podcasting just through my addiction to fantasy football. It was just a, I, I was spending so much time playing and, and joining leagues and spending so much time listening to podcasts and reading articles. I was like, well, if I'm consuming all of this advice and, 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 and gaining all of this knowledge, not that I've got some kind of hidden code or anything like that, but I, uh, let's have a go at writing and, and putting my, my advice out there. And I, I literally just cold DM'd a few people, a few, uh, people on Twitter who were more than willing to help. One of the guys, I'll give a shout out to, to Mitchell Renz on Twitter. I know he's uh, affiliated with, with uh, the, uh, an Oakland Raiders fan site now, but he was a, a generic fantasy football guy and he was very kind in, in helping me and, and encouraging me as well. Um, <clears throat> and then so I decided to, to have a go at writing. I'd never written anything sports related before. The only writing I'd ever done was academic stuff for, for school and, and university. So I just started writing a, a blog, a WordPress. I, I settled on Fancy Football Down Under as the, as the name, went on, went on Twitter, got Twitter, got the Facebook and got a WordPress going. I wrote a couple of articles and then I reached out to, to Bobby Kosh. Uh, wrecked fantasy on Twitter, who's a writer for, for DLF. I'm sure a lot of people will, will know Bobby. Great guy, really generous with his time. And he read, read what I'd written, gave me a couple of pointers. I, I went back with a, with a new piece and he said, I really enjoy it. I like how you write. Uh, I know someone at, at DFF and he linked me up with, with someone at Dynasty, Dynasty Football Factory. And, and, and that's why I still write today. That's awesome. That's so good. I love that story. It's just, it's really good to say it, it, it's interesting. I jumped on at the weekend. I jumped on with, um, another expat, uh, Peter Howard. He was doing a, a live stream for, um, fantasy cares for, uh, SFB nine. And, uh, I was watching him and he's like, Hey, who was, who's online and wants to just come join? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll join. Um, so I jumped on and, Matt Williams jumped on from FF Statistics and we'd had Matt on the podcast literally two weeks ago. So it was interesting just talking to him and then through Peter and um, Peter lived here for the longest time and he moved to Kentucky. Uh, and yeah. and um, it was great, the three of us. And that question came up um, and it was like, oh, how did you get in the industry? And I was sitting there thinking, not really in the industry. I, I do a podcast <laughs> and, don't, and don't publish a lot of writing. Um, although maybe that, that might change if times change. Um, but, in terms of, you know, I th the best thing you can do is just submit stuff and ask people, like you say. So um, I know Matt Williams will read anything that he gets sent and his DMs are open. So it's a great avenue um, for anybody who wants to write about football. You know, they may not give you a lot of feedback. They might just say, you know, whatever, but they'll definitely read it. And if you get the feedback from them, definitely take that on board what you say like you did you you got a bit of feedback you went wrote something else you know really liked it and you end up getting a gig out of it so these are the sorts of things that that you need to do and it, you know it's not well paid if, if paid at all but if you really love doing it and you enjoy it then uh you know that that's the whole point is to try and get that enjoyment um out of it and make the most out of it and how long have you been doing it since since you got the gig uh, i started writing for for dff just over a year ago um, and it's, it's been great. It's been great. And so I, I started writing for DFF and then I wanted to get into the, uh, into podcasting as well. Uh, spent so much time 
listening to listening to podcasts and it sounded like a whole lot of fun so I was very lucky. Uh, a guy called James Arthur owns a, a company called The Vault Studio here in Australia. Uh, and they decided that that same year to completely dedicate their resources to their NFL podcast. And he was looking to, to add a fantasy show into the network. And it just it worked out perfectly. And, and, and now I, I co-host the, the, the fantasy show on The Vault with, with James Cooney. And uh, yeah, we, we've got some stuff in the works for for what's going on with with fantasy football over at the vault as well so yeah it's 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 been great but that's that's the thing i mean any 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 fella any last with a with a mic and an internet connection can do a podcast there's no there's no that's what's so great about it there's no barriers to entry i mean if you've got i mean you don't even need to go and get a, a fancy microphone when you're starting off you can record stuff on your on your mobile phone and and upload and do it that way if you if you really just wanting to have a little crack at it. It doesn't take a lot of money. It just takes your time and it takes your your willingness to to invest the time in it if you think you're going to enjoy it. That's that's literally all it takes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said to anybody, we've had a few people who have listened to us and said, I really want to start a podcast and happily given the tricks away and said that like, at the end of the day, you can buy a mic off Amazon for about £15 and it's not much at all. Um, that is more than serviceable. In fact, it's pretty good. It's, you know, until you're getting up into the roadies or the snowballs that, that you've got there, it, you know, you don't really need to upgrade much from there. Um, you need basically two bits of kit. It will cost you about £30 total. You can put it up in the internet for free. You can use something like anchor.fm and then you can host it for free and it pushes out to all the podcast channels and that's it. You know, your, your total cost is so little as you say and you just, you just crack on and, as long as you're true to yourself and you, you do it and you come up with something original and people are listening, you'll do all right out of it. And as long as you have fun, that's what matters, right? That's it. There's no point doing it if you're not having fun while you're doing it. No, exactly. And then you get to talk to people from the US and Australia. And, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and it's, like a, it's like a big pen pal network we've all got now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just, just drawing back to... Uh, you talked talking about Peter before. Peter's a, a great follow. I enjoy, I enjoy his podcast. He's incredibly knowledgeable with the work he does on on his analytics and a bit of a kindred spirit. And he's a, he's another person with a bit of a bit of a confused accent as well. So it's always good to listen to him on a podcast. Yeah, I know. We should do, we should start our own one. Like three expats, I'm the one that return home, and you two are still put <laughs> <laughs> a band together. See how many more expats we can find, and uh... I reckon you can find plenty. Yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> All the converted. Um, so let's talk about the, the FF Down Under Bowl. So um, I, I've listened to Vault Podcast. I, I came across you guys um, and then was, was messaging and saw it pop up. So talk to me about what it is, how it began. And yeah, just the, why did you create it really? Yeah, for sure. It's it's just a big fantasy league. This year, we've got 180 teams. So I was completely 100% inspired by Scott Fishbowl and the work that, that Scott's doing. I, I didn't think I was going to get into Scott Fishbowl 8. I think I applied for SFB 7. I'd heard about it and didn't get in. Just It's just not possible to get in every year. It's the way it goes. And I thought, I probably won't get in, in SFB 8. I may as well just do something. You know, if you, if you, you, you complain about not getting in, we'll crack on and just, just, just do it yourself. <laughs> And, and I was like, well, we can raise some money for charity. I'll do it a bit different because, you know, I wanted pe- to encourage people to, to sign up for something like that that was a bit unknown. So we split the cash entry, like where there was a cash entry, there was some prizes, some money to charity. There's 120 teams last year. There's 180 teams this year. And the, the charity we donate to is an awesome one here in Australia called the, the Smith Family. 
and they they support kids impoverished kids with their education make sure they've got uniform books uh tutoring whatever they need that they're not going to be up so they don't fall behind and, and, and lose out on their education uh, so great charity that we've supported the last couple of years and yeah i just want to keep growing it and have it as a it's you know just something that will keep growing and, and be, be a league there maybe people don't get in scott fishbowl this is a, another place for them to turn but you know the d- demand is there for these interesting larger leagues so um last year was just aussies and kiwis and, and then we extended the invitation to to around the world for for this year we've got it so like i said 180 teams and thought it'd be easier to fill if we we asked anyone <laughs> well, we, we're delighted Stocks and I to be joining this year and it's our first year in it so uh, we're trying to play all the international events so we're in uh, SFB9 the uh, FF Down Under Bowl and, uh, and then one of our uh, colleagues Rich King has also set up a, a UK version UKFL um, and that's in its first year so uh, you know, if we take down all three, we might have to retire from fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll be honest. If you make the playoffs in all three, you should retire from fantasy football. That would be a wild accomplishment. Yeah, it'd be like world champs. <laughs> Bonafide. It'd be like different boxing divisions. We should work out some like tournament of champions where all the finals of all three like merge together. But we'll put that idea. We'll see what we can do. But yeah, see what Scott thinks about that. <laughs> it's just awesome, like in terms of just coming up and, and doing it. So where where are some of the strangest places you've got uh, people playing from? few places in australia there's some weird places here no um uh, honestly not, not that too far and wide we've got like i said we've got aussies we've got the neighbors uh from new zealand in there we've got people from the uk and and a few people from various places in the us i haven't come across anyone from any other weird and wonderful places as of yet i think we had someone from hong kong perhaps but he was a he was a, a uk ex- expat in hong kong so uh yeah so pretty typical. That's awesome. Yeah, we know a few of the UK guys. Uh, Jack Humphrey was playing in that, and uh, uh, Tim Monk from uh, Full Ten Yards Podcast is in that. So I think and um, Ben Rolf, I think, is in it as well. We had on. Yeah, Ben's in. So Ben's a cool guy. We were talking about you actually, uh, uh, and they Ben pretty well. And he's because uh, he's he's the other co-creator of the UKFL um, with with Rich King. So uh, you know. He, if you, next time you speak to him, just say, hey, look, you ripped off my idea that I ripped off from Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's so sad ripping off someone else's idea. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like your third Jane copying. Uh, give me some bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of um, the Darren Bowl, so obviously you filled the leagues now, you've got 100, oh, 180 in. How do people who aren't involved, how do they get, uh, how can they get involved? Similar to like Scott Fishbowl where, they can uh, do something for the charities or they can, you know, what are ways I wish I can get involved to uh, just sort of feel part of the community and boost their chances of potentially getting in next year? Yeah, I mean, look, I haven't had people beating down my door to get in like Scott Fishbowl. It's not at that, it's not at that level yet. So just through, through hard work and recruiting, I was able to fill 180 people, uh, 180 teams rather, and I want to grow that again for next year. So if you're interested in playing, just in the next season, just just drop me an email at, at fantasyfootballdownunder at gmail.com or on Twitter, slide into my DMs. They're, they're open and I'll take your email down and make sure you're, you're in for next year. In terms of in terms of uh, of getting involved, if someone wants to take the scoring the scoring system, it's pretty basic. It's just it's just super flex, deep starting rosters, and, and one point five uh, points per reception tight end premium. You can run a satellite league, anything you like, and char- you know 
run, collect some entry fees, donate some money to the Smith family, anything that people want to do to sort of feel a part of it, they are, they are more than welcome to do. And we'll be, you know, we'll be hashtagging through the drafts. People can follow along and see what the strategies are. But the, just the more people who know about it is, is a good thing as, as we try to grow year, year on year. Yeah, amazing. It's it's so great to see these leagues pop up and especially one in Australia and uh seeing you guys do do the great work that you do. I just think it's it's awesome and uh yeah, like the league format, it's a it's a it's a good one. We we started a listener league on a similar format uh, a little while ago. Just because Superflex tight end premium just gives you a lot more to think about. It's like all of a sudden it's like which way do I go with the first and second round and it just it, it stops the generic you know, running back tight end or running back wide receiver debates for the first three rounds only. And it like gives you something else to think about, which I, I love. So Superflex is my favorite uh, uh, fantasy position. Yeah. Like, like all leagues are PPR now, I think all leagues or majority of leagues are PPR. Majority of leagues should adopt Superflex as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it just adds a whole new dimension. We uh, we set up a list of league just for, to really mess up with things where we put it a, a, an offensive stacked league, which starts, uh, it's a 12-team, two quarterbacks starting, four wide receiver, four running back, four flex. <laughs> no kickers, no DS2, and two tight ends. <laughs> and two tight end. so it's gonna. I mean, you'll get you're, you're gonna have like the the equipment manager from teams in a flex spot by the end of the season. <laughs> exactly, it's gonna be so deep. Like it just relies on the knowledge. Like all the way deep down, anyone can get through the first 12, 13 rounds. But then, yeah, it's when when do you take your second tight end? Knowing it's a two tight end starting. When do you take your second quarterback? It's interesting because we're in round 10 at the moment at the time of this recording and pretty much all the QBs have gone. Um, we're down to five left. So we've got Mario to Flacco, six, Mario to Flacco, the two Miamis and the two Giants quarterbacks. That is it. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's grim. That's grim, but yeah, then, that's, that's why it's, it's so much fun to have Superflex and, and have deep rosters. And yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is because there's one guy that's only got one quick quarterback at the moment. <laughs> he's got Matt Stafford. <laughs> he doesn't even have a great quarterback either. No, so he's got Matt Stafford, and he's like, he's going to have to pick one soon, and then he's and then he's not going to have a backup. So for at least a couple of weeks, he's only going to have to start one quarterback. So that's like your punishment is you've got to. And there was one guy who took his third quarterback, but has a bye with another quarterback, and you're like, ah, oh, man, didn't check that. <laughs> It's just an absolute mess. It's so funny. But that's that's what I like about it. Is it's just is all those extra things you've got to think about, like bye weeks, and because we were going to take Andy Dalton as our backup, and we're like, oh, we shares a bye week, so we can't. So we had to take Foles in round nine. <laughs> but that's because there was like, no one left. It was yeah. like Nick Foles or the ones that are left because we yeah, couldn't. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. We might lose his job to Drew Locke, and you're like, oh, great. This is just. I think Haskins might still be there, which is the only other consideration. But yeah, he might he might come good for you in the second half of the season. But yeah, that's that's what's so so much fun about it. Yeah, and then that's what I love about fantasy football is you can just do some wacky league. So in fact, you know, send us in what you're doing. I think it's just great to see what people come up with for wacky league. We've seen some crazy ones we've been invited to, and uh, all for it. But. Staying with the, the theme then, how did you get on in, in 2018 and uh, in terms of leagues you played in and, and how many titles? Uh, were you walking away with a lot of, uh, lot of belts? Oh, I wish we could skip this question, to be honest. 2018 <laughs> wasn't a good year for me. I, um, 
yeah, I, it was fine if you, you know, making the playoffs, I probably made the playoffs in about, uh, about 80% of my leagues. Um, a couple of dynasties, I was, you know, going the other way and rebuilding. So I didn't make the playoffs there. And in, in one league, which is a, a live draft we have every year, it's just, a, it's just a 10 team league with a bunch of guys. I, I, I set up within, in Sydney here and that, that's super, that's super flex as well. Cause it's only, only 10 team. And I'll be honest, I got belligerently drunk at the draft. I mean, everyone, <laughs> everyone was drunk, and some people were even worse than me. One guy, one guy doesn't remember his draft after the after the fifth round, and I, I was, I, I, I was, I was definitely, definitely up there, and found myself incredibly confident all of a sudden in my in my takes that I had for the season, and was swinging entirely for upside that never panned out. And I, I, I ended up in the, in the toilet bowl that year. I, I, I man, man, managed to win convincingly in the toilet bowl, but just, just everything went against me in that league. Um, I, I spent a high pick on Gronk, which I at the time thought I was getting an incredible bargain. I was so, so excited for Gronk last year. I had Adam in pretty much every league I could. And he just obviously didn't, didn't pan out as expected. So, so that hurt me. Um, there, was, there was a whole bunch of picks, which would be which would be boring to get into. But along the short of is, I didn't win any titles last year, and I was I was runner up in two leagues, both of which I was. I mean, one of the when one redraft league, I had the mo- I had an unbelievable, unstoppable team. I was the highest scorer by about three hundred points. I had Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and somehow in week sixteen, my team completely no. shat the bed, and the guy. <laughs> The guy who snuck his way to the final, who was one, who was one game from completely missing out on the playoffs and went on a tear, ended up ended up making it way to making his way to the finals and 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 sneaking through and beating me. And then that was that was in one re- redraft league, and then in, in another league was a, a di- dynasty final, I, a dynasty league, sorry, and I, I made the championship game and lost a close one there to a te- to a team that I should never have been playing if I. There was one game in like week eight or nine where Stefan Diggs ended up sitting against the Lions. And I, over, you have to wake up at like 4 a.m. here to watch the game. So like 3, 3.40 if you want to do a good job of checking all your lineups. I overslept my alarm, which meant Stefan Diggs got me a zero that week. I lost that matchup by one and a half points, which meant I was the two seed rather than the one seed. Oh, and no. This guy had no business being in the final. He snuck his way through and, and, and won the championship again because my team in week 16 laid, laid an egg. And the, the, the guy who I should have been playing had I been the one seed scored fewer points than I did that week. So I felt like oversleeping in the, the snooze button in like week eight cost me a championship in week 16. Oh. Every, week, every week matters in fantasy. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I had a league last season, a dynasty league startup, where I started 0-5. <laughs> I started 0-5 and I stormed to the championship. It was ridiculous. I mean, I- that's an amazing turnaround. <laughs> I was, the thing is, I was so cocky. I was like, because it was all with my mates. I was like, right, okay. I said, guys, I'm winning it this year. Like you guys might not be allowed in two years. So I'm just all in win now. Made aggressive trades, traded my draft picks for the future. We like acquired everybody. <laughs> Started over fight. Everyone's taking the Michael. Then won all but one game on the way in to finish the three seed, and then stormed it. That was a uh, that was quite rich. And we just did our live draft for our home league, uh, and it's just a standard. And um, we tried to get like to change. It just doesn't. 
And um, the guy who's won back-to-back toilet bowls, uh, they just do, he does it on NFL.com. So he's won back-to-back toilet bowls and he's just had his draft projection through and he's going 0-14 this year. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite bit of this isn't the fact that he's going 0-14. What do you reckon his draft grade was for going (laughs) 0-14? It's got to be what, D- minus or something? B minus. What? B minus. <laughs> I'll tell you, NFL.com is a broken, broken website and a broken fantasy provider. It's crazy. I, I, so I quote unquote won the draft with an 11 and three record and got an A minus. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a guy that goes three, the commission went three and 11 and he got a C plus. <laughs> what? And there's another guy who got, he got a B grade with six and eight. <laughs> Brilliant. Nothing like aim, aiming for mediocrity. That's just like, how does this work? So it's uh, uh, it's just great. I, I just like that. So if you're doing a league on NFL.com and you get a draft grade, I was fuming with my A minus. like, so I'm projected to win the regular season with an A minus grade. Like, this is stupid. Um, but yeah, that's just, it, I just thought it was a funny story to share. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, B minus, uh, 0 and 14. I, I love that. So based on, your uh, season, you know, last season didn't bring home as many titles as you like. What what do you think is going to change for you in terms of your strategy and how you're going to approach it this year to, to try and secure some of those titles? Um, look, at the risk of sounding incredibly arrogant, I'm not going to change a whole lot. Given, you know, no one has the magic formula for fantasy football. The greatest minds in the world, you know, come up short all the time it's a it's a game driven by variance and a game given driven by chance when you put in the work you're just trying to reduce the the the, reduce those uh margins and give yourself a little bit of edge over over your teammates so i feel like i i put in enough work and i'm just constantly trying to digest as much information and and strategy from people smarter than myself one thing i would say is embrace non-sexy picks that's where I came unstuck in, in, in where I was in the toilet bowl and, and a little bit drunk as I was aiming for those sexy picks thinking this is, you know, they'll break out. It's going to be shooting all upside. You know, Lamar Miller is a very good fantasy pick because he's not, he's not sexy, but he gets the job done. You need a nice balance across your rosters. And the other thing I would say, particularly in redraft, is don't be married to a strategy. Let the drafts fall to you in a particular way a few times last season I got caught going right I'm going zero RB in this league come what may because I wanted to prove that the strategy could work um, so I, I did that and found, found myself coming unstuck you, the draft isn't the be all and end all you can you can uh, turn things around if you if you really work hard and, and trade well and work the waiver wires but you, you nine times out of ten you need a, a solid draft to to put yourself on, on the right course. But I would, yeah, those are the two things I would say is combine a mix of, of floor and ceiling, pay attention to the small details like bye weeks It's, it's not the end of the world, but don't, you know, don't draft your entire team who've got bye weeks seven and nine, because you're giving up two weeks and that can be the, the difference. And, and from my Stefan Diggs story before every week, every week can matter at the end of the season. So Pay attention to each week. Put put your research in. That's pay attention to each week is the big learning I took from last season. I got burnt a couple of times, and if you're taking on 
a ridiculous number of leagues. I think um, this season I'm over in the 20 something mark, maybe like give yourself enough time to, to sit down and go through your lineups. Cause if you can't be bothered doing that, then don't play in the league. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's all well and good being in the leagues and enjoying the drafts. But if you can't put, find the time to sit down and set your lineups properly and do the work, then you're, you're, you're just doing yourself and the rest of the league a disservice. So really that, that's, that's another thing I was, I was bad at last season. I'm going to, I'm going to make a conscious effort to do better at is set aside a bit more time on a Sunday evening to, to improve my starting lineups and don't forget about leagues. Sometimes the leagues on a random fault on a random host. I'm like, Oh, I completely forgot about that one. Hope my starting lineups. Okay. That, that's the fear this year. Cause all but two of my, uh, my leagues are on sleeper this year. So sleep is fine. You just go through them in order and you select them. But yeah, those, those two random ones, they're the ones I'm conscious of. I'm like, mm, I better get leagues. And I've always set up the lineup. So I like, well, if nothing else, I feel all right week one. But if there's any injuries, then you're gonna you're gonna fall into it. But what's your? You mentioned Superflex. Is that your favorite uh, format for dynasty uh, or, or for fantasy football? Or do you have a, another preference? Is it dynasty? Is it something wacky? I mean, what? Dyn- dynasty Superflex is my favorite for sure. Titan Premium, I like. I'll, I'll take. I'll take or leave it. It's it's a nice wrinkle to add in. Um, but yeah, fan, uh, excuse me, Dynasty Superflex is definitely my favorite. A league I'd love to play in, which sounds great. I don't know anywhere that does it yet. Uh, maybe MFL will be adding this in the future, which would be nice, is a tiered PPR system. Because one of the big criticisms of, of PPR is a running back getting a, a dump off and negative or zero yards, still getting a whole point reception. And to have, you know, uh, you know, a... a a quarter point for a reception that goes between you know, one to three yards and then a half point for three and a half yards onwards and so on and so forth all the way up to one would be a really cool way to play. And I think that would reward people who put in a bit more work. So that's something I'd love to see in the future and play. And I'm sure if that became possible, that would be my favorite. But right now it's just, it's just your standard PPR uh, dynasty Superflex is my favorite format. It's funny you mentioned that. That is going to be one of our listener leagues because Sleeper have just launched that functionality. There we go. Well done, Sleeper. So I will send you an invite when we launch that. Um, Great. Another league is all I need, but no, I would love to be a part of it. I've got one league on Sleeper right now, so I may as well have another. It's not a new format. so That's good. So yeah, I'll send you an invite for it. I haven't set it up yet, but yeah, it's exactly that, the tiered PPR format for the different levels. So I'm just trying to – I'm playing with – uh, just on Excel, I'm just playing with just different numbers to to see where it makes sense with the scoring because I don't want to reward like too much in one way and then take away too much in another. So because it's brand new and there's no formula for this, it's just sort of yeah. put in what you want. So I'm playing with that. Probably launch it in the next. Well, it would definitely be in July. So um, I will send you an invite and uh, let the rest of Rush Nation know how you can get involved. It'll be a 12 team slow draft, so you won't have to get up at stupid hours to to make your draft picks as well. <laughs> We'll make it pure continental. In terms of the strategy, looking at the season, um, how do you prepare for your your dynasty drafts? Uh, in terms of from a strategy perspective, what are some of the things that you look at when you're putting together your your draft strategy? Appreciate you're going to keep this quite fluid in terms of during the draft, but in terms of just things you're preparing beforehand, what sort of research you're doing? What are the sort of the shape of your team, do you tend to go quite balanced and even out the picks or do you tend to, you know, just look at best player available? What's your, your strategy? 
Yeah, in a dynasty startup, you're not building, because usually the, when they're being drafted, you're not drafting to start a lineup, you're drafting to build a team. So always value picks is, is possible. I don't care if I come out with, you know, no starting wide receivers or no starting running backs or you players in a startup are the cheapest that they're ever going to be. So I'm a big proponent of getting or extracting as much value from the draft as possible. And that includes future rookie picks as well or rookie picks if they're in the startup. So I, I like to come out of a draft with as, as many future picks as possible by trading back. Uh, I, I tend to not fill out my roster in terms of if it's a 30-round draft. I might only make 24, 25 picks during the draft. Uh, and that's because I'm just trying to... Trying to um, I trade back, trade back early on, and then uh, trade away my picks for for future picks where they represent value as well. Because people get sucked into the draft. They're like, "Oh, there's a player I know," and the the, the value of what that future second might become far outweighs a player in the in the tenth round that they might be targeting, for example. So people get much like rookie drafts later on in the off season. People get sucked into the here and now and wanting to be involved and have a part of it. So just like selling your picks while you're on the clock or just before a rookie drafter at a premium, you can also acquire future assets um, at their lowest value uh, during, during a startup draft as well. So that's pretty much how, how I go about doing things. Uh, there's one league where I, I went the opposite way, which was the listener league for the Dynasty Warzone, and it was part driven by there was you know it was a, it's a free league, so I feel in where, when my money's not on the line, I want to try and, and run a few different strategies. And this one, I trade I, I traded back initially from from the 102, and then I was fairly aggressive in trading up to get multiple top. Uh, let's call it 50 or 60 selections and then also trading my future picks as well after the draft to solidify my roster but on the whole i'll be very much a a trade back accumulate future assets uh accumulate more picks in the first six rounds of the draft and then forego much later selections in, in in favor of future picks I love that. It's a great way to build uh, to build a, a future team whilst also still being competitive year one. Because you're, and also I I just think this year those later rounds it's so deep. I just think there's players you can pick up that are free that I think are going to have. There's just I don't know what it is. There's there's just players that just the fantasy community is not picking up on that I think are absolute steals. I mean, do do you find the same thing, especially sort of maybe like wide receiver or, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, wide receiver and quarterback are particularly deep this year and, and tend to be getting deeper and deeper. And I think that's it's no coincidence that the league is going more and more to a, a pass-heavy, high-scoring type situation. So these third and fourth string wide receivers on a team, you go, okay, well, they might not have weekly value, but you can see situations where they're becoming fantasy relevant very, very quickly. Uh, because of the way that the NFL is going, that so many players are involved in the offense and there's more and more points being scored, more and more dropbacks. So the league is trending towards a fantasy-friendly environment. And so that means these later guys who generally or historically wouldn't have had much value for people who are degenerates like ourselves and spend so much time looking into it. We recognize these names and we go, oh, okay, no, I can absolutely see this person having value. Whereas your you know, typical... I would say seasonal or more casual fans like, oh, I, what, I don't want anything to do with that guy or I'll be very much, a, oh, I've been burnt by that guy before, so I don't want any part of him. And so as the value starts to drop, you see more and more, more and more opportunities to, uh, to take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. 
I, I agree. And I think there's some great names and we, we share them as much as we can. And, and if you're listening to the right people, you can pick up some players that are absolutely free. Um, and that's why trading your picks and then still signing these guys on the waivers because they'll still be there at the end of drafts is, is a smart move. And, and don't ever feel afraid to not have a full roster because it just gives you more flexibility for the waiver. Why you're not having to cut people. I, I really like that. I think that's a good, uh, a really good strategy to, to follow. So what do you think of this 2019 rookie class in terms of, um, you know, where are you drafting some of these guys in dynasty startups and just the overall feel of what, what your impressions are of it? Um, well, first and foremost, I'll say I'm not a, a crazy film grinder. I like watching college football. I'll go and do my due diligence on players. I'll read a lot about them. I, I really enjoy analytics as a way to sort of cut through some of the some of the noise. I know a lot of people can be quite anti-analytics and say, you know, football's played on a field; it's not played on a spreadsheet. But there's there's certain things that just that just sort of make sense. And so when I there's certain things that I want to look for in terms of thresholds and production <clears throat> before I then go look at the player further. Uh, and around you know. Rookie classes are a, a funny thing, right? Because we heard for the longest time leading up to the NFL draft, oh, it's a really weak rookie class. This is one of the weaker ones. You want to be trade, tra- you know, trading into 2020. So everyone was trading into 2020. That was the, the thing you had to do. And so it becomes very group thinky and everyone's on the same page. And so you actually can't get stuff done because everyone is all of a sudden massively overvaluing their future commodities and undervaluing what they have right now. And, and so it's an interesting situation to, to play around in. Overall, I think there's been some decent selections that have gone to, to, to pretty good landing spots as well. In terms of talent comparative to the NFL, like I said, far more sharp, sharper minds and eyes than me will make those decisions. But in, there's been some guys that I, I, really, I really like. Um, I, I like Miles Sanders, where he landed in Philadelphia. Uh, Nikhil Harry, not just because I'm a Patriots fan, but I think that's a, a great landing spot. And it says a lot that the, the Belichick took him in the first round. It proved so for Sony Michelle last year. You know, he took a little bit of a while to, to get going because of his knee injury and, and just, just catching up on things. But when Belichick takes an offensive skill position player in the first round, you should probably take notice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but again, the, the whole rookie fever hyped up again, you know, people all of a sudden started to be in love with these prospects and people are paying all sorts of ridiculous prices for someone like Darrell Henderson, Josh Jacobs, who else has been on there? DK Metcalf has been one of the most polarizing people paying crazy prices for him. He's either, he's either Calvin Johnson or he's either Brashard Perryman. Like, no, he's, it's not possible for him to be somewhere in between. And so like with any rookie class, you know, I've been playing Dynasty for three seasons now and every rookie class I've seen come and go has been exactly like this. There's talk about it and there's polarizing opinions. And yeah, it's a, it, I, I think the best way to take advantage of it is, is to not be completely contrarian, but just identify when the, the peak hype has gone so far in one player get out of that value and move on to someone else. When someone's going nuts about uh, like a bunch of people who are nuts about one player, shift on, shift on to the next guy because someone's price is going to fall massively. I think Miles Sanders is a great example of that. David, David Montgomery is getting all kinds of wild hype right now. 
you know, not surprising, you know, not surprising. A few fancy footwork videos made their way onto Twitter. He's working out with the footwork King. Whenever there's a, whenever there's a workout video on Twitter without fail, the value in the consensus opinion of a player goes through the roof from dancing around some cones and, and, and a hype video with, with music. Now, Maybe Montgomery is going to be great. I, I, I don't know. But what I can say is his value is, is spiking massively. And, and these are the things that I look for because I don't feel I've got the, the pedigree or background in watching film uh, religiously to have a, a die, like plant my flag and die on this hill sort of opinion on, on most players. Although the hill I'm dying on this year is Josh Jacobs. I don't, I don't have a bar of Josh Jacobs. That's fair. I, I think his price is, is so high. I think you've got to believe he is the guy I, I mean i've taken him in a couple of situations because i thought why not I'd just take a punt and if this guy is 70 percent of what people think he is he's going to do okay and i i there was a league i was targeting specifically high volume players so I just wanted high volume players regardless of if they were going good offenses or bad offenses i just went right i'm going to just take high volume players and just stack my roster with them all the way across the board. And I thought, I'm just going to try this as a strategy and just see how it works. Um, because normally you think, oh, I'm not going to necessarily take a high-volume guy in a poor offense because they don't generally perform. But if the guy's going to get 25% of the volume, I don't care what offense you're in. In, in, this, in this scenario, let's punt it and see. So I bought a lot of shares in people like, Albert Wilson, because he's cheap. I bought a lot of shares of Josh Jacobs. I bought a lot of shares of um, D.D. Westbrook. I bought a lot of shares, again, because he's cheap. He's almost free. Um, I bought a lot of shares of David Moore for the same reason. I bought a lot of shares of people like Derek Henry, who I know is so weird in this format where I'm just targeting high-volume players. I just think I, I want those guys just to see how it all puts together and faded people that perhaps might have been a smarter play. Um, Mike Williams, um, Mike Evans, Mike Williams are great examples of this because I think the volumes fade on what they did 12 months ago. Um, and those sorts of things. I thought actually, even though they're good players and they're probably the players I would take normally in a normal setup, let's try this and see what happens. And uh, Jay, that's where I'm taking Jake is if I want a high volume guy and just let's just play the numbers and see what happens but I'm with you that his price is high you know you're talking third round now in redrafts he's going and it's yeah, just it's, it's, it's going he's going very high like I actually wrote a piece on him for Dynasty Football Factory about why I, I didn't have him as my 101 and it sort of cooled down a little bit now but there was there was about a three-week stretch on on fantasy Twitter where he was the locked-in consensus 101 no matter what and I was just like, mm, this doesn't, just doesn't make sense to me, primarily because he has no production history at Alabama and couldn't establish himself as a, a lead back. Uh, and, and going back many, many seasons, that all of the backs that have gone on to the NFL had way better uh, production and could beat out the other players at their position, regardless of how talented they were, including beating out or out-touching uh, future NFL talent as well. Even guys like TJ Yeldon and, and Eddie Lacy had far better uh, college production profiles than than Josh Jacobs did. So few concerns about him. The only places I have him are in best ball leagues. He was quite a value in best ball leagues. So I was like, look, I'll take I'll take a shot on him because inevitably, you know, you you're going to be wrong on your player evaluation takes so many times. And so I was like, look, I I have my stand on him, but. I'm not, you know, my ego isn't so huge that I think I'm 100% right on this guy. It's just a, it's just a probability take. So, 
Definitely got some Josh Jacobs exposure in best ball, but in dynasty uh, with the 101, I'm either taking uh, Nikhil Harry or I'm trading back. That's fair. I um, I quite like Miles Sanders, and I think if you can trade back and get him, I think that's a, a great move. I, I, I'm with you on that hill. I don't think this year he's going to be amazing. I think to set the expectation, I think this year he's going to be you know, first of all, he's not 100% fit right now. So that's I think- been my concern. Yeah, I, earlier on, I thought he was. I was priming him. I actually made a bet with a, uh, a league mate to pay each. Of, to, the winner had to pay the other's league fees of who was going to score more this year: Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. And about a month ago, six weeks ago, I was pretty confident on Miles Sanders, but the fact that he's dealing with some soft tissue injuries uh, gives me gives me uh, a little bit of concern uh, about that. But. Yeah, I mean, but I think year two moving forwards, I think he's he's really strong, and I think you know when I was doing most of my rookie drafts, which was the end of May, um, the consensus was Jacobs one, Harry two. It was that choice of Montgomery and Sanders, and playing dynasty is like, give me Sanders over Montgomery. Like Montgomery might be better this year, but I'm not thinking of this year. I've, I've got a team that will win this year, or compete, or get the playoffs. I don't necessarily need the running back for this year. I need the running back for the following two years. So, and I just don't know what they're going to do. They've got so many running backs there in Chicago and you don't know what they're going to do. Whereas we've seen what can happen in Philly. Um, Yes. Okay. They typically run by committee, but they've never had a young, fresh guy who doesn't have a lot of injuries. And I think that's where Miles Sanders is going to, it's going to jump in and, and definitely own the backfield there. And his production in college was incredible. So um, let's, let's see how he gets on. But I'm with you. We'll ride that train together and we might, we might fall off it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll ride the Miles, Miles Sanders train. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's the other thing as well is target, target guys on, on good offenses and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have a great offense. The Bears, there's still some question marks there. Um, so yeah, def, definitely uh, prefer, prefer Miles Sanders there. Yeah, definitely. So just give me then a couple of players that you're currently higher on than consensus for this season and a couple of players you're lower on than consensus for, for this season. Yeah, for sure. So starting this this year, uh, guys, I'm higher on. First one is Mark Ingram. I think he's in a phenomenal situation. Uh, they're going to be a run-first offense that wants to play defense and, and run the football in Baltimore. He has the mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson, which typically makes makes things easier on the running back. He can receive the ball well. He's a three-down back. He doesn't need to come off the field. And I just think the volume he's going to get, the um, the office offensive coordinator that they've got there, and my mind is now drawing a, a terrible blank at the name. It's, uh, it's uh, Greg Roman, right? Is it Greg Roman who's gone into to Baltimore? Yeah, yeah. And so you look back historically what he's done and in terms of attempts and, and things like that, he's historically been one of the highest uh, percentage guys and, 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 and loves to feed the, the ball to his running back. So Mark Ingram's a steal going where he is. And I really do think he has a chance to be a top 12 running back this season. And he's been drafted as like a, a, a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. So I think he could be a steal. Another one is a name you mentioned a little bit earlier. I'm really high on him this season. And that's Mike Williams. Uh, I really love what he can do. Yeah, the volume concerns uh, definitely could be there, but I think his talent and his ability in the red zone is just incredible, and he had some real rapport with Philip Rivers as they moved on throughout the season last year. Uh, I think the the Chargers' offense will be good again. Rivers had one of his 
lowest uh, career outputs in terms of pass attempts. So I, you expect those to come back up and the Chargers pace of play was chronically low in comparison to previous years. So again, more plays, more passing plays as well. So I think Williams is going to benefit from the targets that have been vacated uh, by Tyrell Williams. And another one, uh, Jarvis Landry. And we're, we're talking about being on good offenses. Everyone expects the Cleveland offense to be really high and people are over not overpaying, but spending high picks on Odell Beckham and, and Baker Mayfield, arguably rightly so, Nick Chubb, the running back. Jarvis Landry is becoming one of the cheapest pieces in that offense. And there's going to be a lot of pass attempts. People talk about them being in positive game script situations. It doesn't matter. They've got Todd Munkin coming as offensive coordinator that you, Murph, will be able to attest to what he likes to do when, when he's in an offense coming from, from Tampa Bay. He wants to throw the ball over and over again, as does, as does the... Uh, the head coach that they've got there as well. Um, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens, thank you. And so they, they're going to throw the ball. They've got those air raid concepts in place. Uh, they believe it's the most efficient way to move the football down the field. And Landry last season was was pretty good. He wasn't, people were expecting him to be the a, a dominant wide receiver one. And it's just not his game. He was asked to do things that he's not great at. Um, He's going to come back and be more of the, the short area volume type of guy with, with Odell opening up the rest of the field. So I think there's a, a ton of opportunity for Landry that people are expecting to not be there. I think he's a steal. And the last one, another name you already mentioned, but Albert Wilson. I've got Albert Wilson all over the place this year. He's essentially, he's essentially free. He's going to dominate the slot in, in, this, in this offense. We know this coaching staff coming from New England has been been an offense and a system that's heavily relied on the slot receiver. And just to top it all off, he led the NFL in fantasy points per opportunity last season. He's been dominant at, dominant at that statistic for the last couple of seasons. He just hasn't got the volume. He's got electric playmaking ability. And I think this season, if he's healthy, he's going he's gonna, to could be a league winner because he's going as like a wide receiver five and really has the potential to finish as a wide receiver two. Yeah, I have him statted, and I got a lot of stick for this, but I have him overall, and I've put a bit of an injury discount into here, but I, I statted him as the wide receiver 30 this year. <laughs> and people are looking at it like, that is nuts. How can you have him in that two, three, or that three range? And I'm like, to be honest, I could have put him higher if I started him for 16 games instead of the 13, 14 I've kind of got him in for. Because I just think he's he's great. I've got him in a sandwich between Calvin Ridley and Will Fuller, and completely different types of of players as well. And that's exactly why you mentioned earlier about targeting guys with high volume. Danny Amendola led the uh, the the, the uh, Dolphins in targets last year. Now I know it's an entirely new offense, new quarterback, all of that, but it just shows you there aren't many bodies there. You got Kenny Stills, who I, who I like, but he's he's a, a particular type of receiver he's a go receiver he's a stretch guy and he'll get targets down the field and Devontae Parker we know nothing about him really he's never been healthy he's not lived up to his grade as a first round receiver so very much a lot of question marks over him Albert Wilson in the slot is if if he's healthy he's he's a known commodity he's he's gonna get who should get get targets and completely agree with you uh around a wide receiver 30 and for me that's being very um conservative yeah, I felt so. I thought if we go any higher, I'm going to end up in like some Lulu train on my head. I thought 30 gives me some cover for those injuries that might happen or he might not start the year because he's still about 70, 30. He's a go for the start of the season. So I wanted to give some cover rather than have to start 
statting down um, <laughs> like immediately if he misses. Um, all right, this has been a lot of fun. Before you go, last question from me. Give us one really hot take for fantasy this season. One really hot take. Um, I guess it's pretty pretty spicy considering their performances last season and, and where their ADP is right now. But Rashad Penny will outscore Chris Carson. I'll move you on that. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that that's that that's that's where I'm at. I think he's I think he's really talented. I think he 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 came in overweight. He had the finger injury. Like all things conspired against him, but I think he's going to come and hit the field with with a vengeance in 2019 and 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 take over and win that running back one role. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's might take a couple of weeks, but I think yeah, when the season's done, I'm I'll buy that. I buy that take all day long. I think it's uh, the only thing that's going to stop him is injury. I don't think anything else does. So I buy 100%. This has been, like I said, a lot of fun. Why don't you give yourself a plug where they can listen to you, where they can read your articles, and where people can uh, find out interest on the, the FF Down Under Bowl and follow along and get involved and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the easiest place, because I put all my work there and tweet out the podcast, is just follow me on Twitter at FF underscore Down Under. And we have also a Facebook group and a Facebook page, Fantasy Football Down Under. So give the page a like, uh, request to join the group. There's no questions or anything like that. It's just to stop people selling fake Ray-Bans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, f- follow me on Twitter. I share all my, all my work from, from DFF there. Uh, retweet everyone's, everyone's work over at DFF. There's, there's some incredibly talented writers at, at DFF. So be sure to check out what we're doing over there. And like I said earlier on, the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast, and I, I always put up and retweet the, the show links there as well. And so we're we're at iTunes, Spotify, all the pod, pod, podcast networks. Yeah, it's a it's a great podcast. Um, only criticism as anyone is uh, a little bit too too much Cowboys talk. Um, so perhaps you can squash that a little bit. <laughs> you um, the, the, yeah, the, when the when the owner of the studio is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I don't mind the Cowboys, but I'm just saying. Um, but no, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an awesome podcast. I really enjoy it. Uh, listen to it now. It's uh, It comes out on the weekend, so when nothing else new sort of coming out, it comes out. I, I think it's great. So um, this has been a lot of fun. Make sure, guys, to follow Lewis uh, where you can. Lewis, we'd love to have you back on at some point during the season. We'll make the timings work um, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 tricky but i think it'll get a little bit better as i think once we go into daylight savings it could be a few a few months down the line it could be better and and likewise ma'am uh we'd we'd love to have uh you and, and stocks on on the uh, vault uh fantasy podcast as well definitely we'll let make that work and i'll, I'll send you the invite to the tier ppr league as well so you can get involved with that we can start playing that out and game it together we might break it we might we might ride, find out there's no good in it at all, but we might as well give it a go. But uh, everyone, Rush Nation, uh, this will be, you know, it's been a lot of fun. There'll be other podcasts this week. Whether I'm on them or not depends on uh, on Baby Murph. It's literally everything from here on out is a game time decision. So, um, but until the next episode, hopefully in the next day or two, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.